0: Chapter one, verses 27 and 28. We'll talk about a few different different things today and look at a few different passages. If you don't don't catch all of these scriptures as I as I read them, uh, feel free to ask me afterwards, and I'll be glad to tell you where these are so you can read them in more depth and uh, in and more context. This uh, this sermon may be a little more political than some of you would like today, but the reality uh of of the world is is that some things that are in god's word are politicized that's just just that simple and so sometimes uh when we read god's word if we want to live by god's word uh, some of the things that god's word says go against what our culture says go against some things that are politicized now i don't i don't like to talk about politics and we won't talk about politics today uh, probably uh, but but we will talk about issues that are, that are very political uh, and what they discuss, but, um, but we're gonna talk about them nonetheless because they are part of God's word and it is important, uh, I believe, for our Christians to, to discuss things that are, that are relevant for us in our time. Now, I understand that really throughout the creation of the world from the beginning, that the things that we see in our world are, are not really any different than things that we have seen uh, throughout the history of the world. Mankind has not changed. The problem in every situation, uh, when everything gets bad, is always mankind. We are the problem. Sin is the problem. However, there are some sins that seem to uh, rise to the top in certain cultures at certain times. And coincidentally, sometimes there's some of the same sins that really begin to get societies going in the wrong direction. And, uh, that is simply the reality. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that, that trying to raise one sin above another, however, I do believe that some sins uh, come with greater consequences on the people and on a society than other sins. I'm not implying that, that some sins are worse than another or some sins are okay and other sins are not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should single out one sin over another. There are certainly times when we go through God's Word as I preach sermons that there are certain topics that we preach on that may hit some of us more than they hit others. And that is simply the reality of God's Word. So we don't want to, uh, I never want to be guilty of of putting too much focus on one sin uh, and not preaching on others. But at the same time, uh, we cannot overlook some sins. We must address everything in God's Word. And so today we will talk about some topics that are relevant in our culture and that are important for us as Christians to be aware of, uh, that we continue to take a stand for God and God's Word and what God's Word says is right and true. So let's pray and we will jump into God's Word. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for your Word. And God, the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes your Word is hard. It is hard for every one of us because we all sin in some way God we sin in a lot of ways but God there are some sins that we really struggle with and God sometimes when we read your word we come across those sins that are tough for us and they convict us God sometimes we hear of sins that maybe we don't struggle with but God we all have our struggles and so God we want to live by your word whatever the sin is we don't want to have it in our life so, God, I pray today that as we look at these words, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me and to each one of us, dear Lord God. Help me not to be political in my my words today, dear Lord, but the fact of the matter is, God, some of these things are are political in our world. But, God, we're not looking at politics. We're looking at your word, and I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. I pray that you'd be glorified in all that your word says, God, that we would know the truth of your word, those of us who are yours, and we would stand on it. And God, maybe if there were some in this room today that do not stand on the truth of your word. Today, God, that they had stopped building their foundation on the things of the world and they had built it on the rock of Jesus Christ. God, let us be found faithful not to put up with a little sin, but to, but to live in obedience to you. And the things that we consider big are the things that we consider small. God, sin is bad. So let us, let us do our best to not give in to those temptations. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and said to them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. In our culture today, people really struggle with identity. Who are they? A lot of times people don't know who they are. They know that there are problems in their life. They know that they feel depressed, they feel sad, they feel lonely, they feel guilty, they feel ashamed, they feel a lot of things And they don't know why they feel these things. And they don't know how to quit feeling these things. And they don't don't know the truth of God's Word. They don't know that there is a God who created them. They don't know that there is a perfect God that created them in His image to be like Him, to be loved, and to love Him. They don't know that there is someone to fulfill all that is missing in their life. They don't know that God created them to be who they are and that God created them male and female. And so they go through life and they struggle with sin and they struggle with depression. And maybe some of you in this room are in that boat today. And praise the Lord, we get to hear God's word. And sadly, our world has begun to look for look for help for all of those problems and feelings in a different way. And they begin to say, well, the problem must be me. It must be who I am. I can't be happy. I'm not, I'm not happy who I, as who I am. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm lonely. I'm angry. And so therefore, I need to change me. If I can change me, I, I need a new identity. I want to be who I want to be. And so we see this problem in our world today which is a crazy problem really on some level, but yet it's a reality that there are men who are created as men in the image of God who believe that they are women. And there are women created as women in the image of God and they believe they are men and they they place their identity and their problem and who they want to be and if I could change and be someone else, then my problems would be better then I could be me. But the sad reality for many people who go through this whole process of transforming who they are into who they think they need to be is that they find even in their new identity they are not happy. Because they are trying to make their identity in who they think they need to be not in who God created them to be. We suffer from a problem in our world. We could call it for many people an identity crisis because many people are trying to place their identity on what they think they want to be and what they think will make them happy. But I'll tell you today that that our identity is, is not in us and what we do, but our identity is in God, in the image of God. And until we realize that our identity is in Christ, we struggle with an identity crisis. And so we see this struggle in our world today. And it's important for us to realize, especially if you have children or grandchildren, that this is the struggle that we, that we, that we are up against. That maybe there was a time in this, in this country where God's Word was read at schools. And men were taught how to be men, and women were taught how to be women based on the Word of God. But I'll tell you today, that's not true in our world. That in many schools today, most schools today, they would much rather tell your son how to be a girl than they would rather tell him how to live by the Word of God. They would much rather tell your daughter how to make the transformation into a man than they would rather tell her how to be a godly wife. This is a sad reality that we live in in our world. And it's because we have separated ourselves from the Word of God. When you take God from anything, it goes downhill. Because only God is good. When there is good, it is because there is God. And when there is no good, there is no God. And so throughout the last several decades, at least in our country, it's been this way in other countries for much longer, but at least in our country for the last few decades, we have begun to take God out a little more and a little more and a little more. And see, the problem is this. And I can't remember who said this. I think it was G.K. Chesterton said something along these lines. He said, When people stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in everything. And that's what we see in our world today. People, people don't just not believe in God and go on about their day. No, they, they seek some God in their life. And maybe it's some of us. Because we need God. We need something to fill us. And so we make something our God. And when we don't make the God of Scripture our God, when we don't make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we will make something else our God. And many people in our world today and in our culture today make their identity their God. They make their wealth their God. They make their their sexuality their God. But those are all false gods. Those are all false gods that lead us further into sin and further into trouble as individuals and as a nation. But yet scripture says we were created in the image of God. And that's where our identity needs to be. Our identity must be in God. And until until we begin to build our life on the word of God, until we begin to take the culture back, until we begin to say, No, no to this crazy absurdity that we see in our world today and in our schools and on our TVs until we as Christians say, no, we're going to live by the Word of God, then things will continue to get out of control. And what did God tell Adam and Eve in the beginning? He gave them a command. He made them in His image, male and female, to reproduce, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth this is what God has called humanity to, this is what God has called male and female to, man and woman. Isn't it absurd that in some places if you say the term woman, that you are looked at as an outcast, that you're some kind of evil person because you call somebody a woman, that you recognize that God created male and female? This is absolute absurdity. And our world doesn't know the Word of God, but we want to know the Word of God. And God made male and female because there was a way that they worked and a way that they went together and a way that they fulfilled God's plan and God's purpose. And it is to be fruitful and multiply. That's what God desired. God created us, I believe, because He loved us and He wanted a relationship with us. And He told humanity, you continue that. You continue to to create human beings. You continue to populate the earth. You continue to love your children. You continue to have a relationship. You experience that love. And they grow up. And the man shall leave his wife and unite, uh, the man shall leave his mother and father and unite with his wife. And the two should become one flesh. And the process is repeated and repeated and repeated. But the process is not repeated. The process for many has stopped. The husband doesn't leave the mother and father and unite with his wife and the two become one flesh. They skip all the marriage, they just become one flesh. For many who enter into the marriage, they don't remain married. We see broken families, we see broken relationships and we don't see many people in our world today wanting to continue to multiply the earth. Instead, over the last several decades, we have seen abortion take place at unbelievable rates. We have seen the very children that God commanded us to repopulate the earth with killed time and time. Let me me back up. We have seen the children murdered time and time and time again. Here we see even in our culture today this decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, praise the Lord for that. There will be a lot of lives that will be saved. But it's phenomenal to me to turn on the news, to look on the Internet, and to see so many people who are outraged because they can no longer at will as easily kill their children. That is unbelievable to me. But that is the world that we live in. That people are outraged because they cannot commit murder. That people are outraged because, because they just don't read the Word of God and see what the Word of God says or don't want to know what the Word of God says. Part of the reason they're outraged is because of what the Word of God says. And so we see many things in our culture and in our world today that are not good, brothers and sisters in Christ. So what does God call us to? Well, He causes us to choose what is good. He causes us to choose life. And we want to make sure that as Christians that we do what God says. We don't want to be those who support murder and support abortion. We want to be those who choose what is good. We don't want to be those who who do what is evil, and in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Now, God has placed the same decisions before us today, the decisions to do right and to do wrong, and And what does he desire for us to do? He desires for us to choose life. Not just not not murdering people. I mean, that's part of choosing life, I believe, certainly. Don't commit murder against people in the womb or people walking down the street. But, But really, when God says choose life, he's telling us to choose him. Because there is no life apart from God. God is life. There is no life apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is life. And so we have a choice to make today. Whether it's some of the sins we have discussed or whether it's sins we have not discussed but you struggle with and you know you're guilty of. Well, when we choose our sinfulness apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ, we are choosing the curse. We are choosing death. We are choosing separation from God. But what does God say? He says, I I give you a choice today. God doesn't force us. But he says, I give you a choice, so choose life. And man, that needs to be our prayer, that our country would choose life, that our country would not celebrate evil and not celebrate death, but our country would choose life. And we see so many areas in our country that seem to be getting worse and worse, things that years ago you would never say publicly for fear of shame years ago you would not want to get a divorce years ago you would you would not want to get pregnant before you were married years ago you wouldn't dream of talking about your abortion and proudly speaking of such things years ago you wouldn't dare as a homosexual parade down the street and wave a flag and cheer as if you had really done something Years ago, these things would not have been, been accepted. These are things that people would have felt ashamed of. But that's part of the problem in our world today, is there is no shame. There is no shame. The things that, that at one time were evil and still are are now celebrated as something great nowadays. It's celebrated in, as things that we are supposed to be proud of. And you can't escape it. It's on every commercial. It's everything you buy. It's stamped on the box. It's everything you read on the internet. It's everybody's icon on Twitter. Every one of them's got to be proud for some kind of evil and sin in the world. You cannot avoid it. You say, well, all right, I'm not going to support the companies that support it. Well, good luck living. You ain't going to find a company that doesn't support all this crap. I shouldn't have said that. That's probably not a good word to say preaching. But that's what it is. It's a bunch of junk. The phone in your pocket, the company that made it, whatever phone it is, they support this junk. The stuff you eat, the food you eat, the drinks you drink, the companies that make them, they support it. The gas you put in your car, the gas companies, they support it. And they expect us to support it. But we as Christians cannot support this thing, all of these things. You know, the Scripture says, that pride comes before a fall. And oh how true that is in our individual life and as a nation. Pride comes before a fall. But what do we see for all of these things, in particular homosexuality today? Gay pride. Pride, pride, pride. Every big city in this country, pride parade, go to Disney World, Pride week. Pride, 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 pride comes before of all. And so it should come as no shock to us who know God's word that when a country is, is ate up with abortion and homosexuality and men who want to be women and women who want to be men and are proud of it and boast about it on social media and on the news, it should be no surprise to us that our nation is falling quickly. Because God is out of the picture. Now there is a solution to our problem. The solution to pride, whether it's pride over these sins we've discussed or pride over some other area in your life, there is a solution to this problem, and it's a very simple solution. And it's called humility. This is the solution to our pride, is that we learn the Word of God and the truth of God and the hard things that the Bible says are sin that we don't want to acknowledge are sin, and we say, God, I have done some bad stuff. God, I'm not going to walk down the street and wave my flag. God, I'm going to hit my knees. God, I humble myself before you because I realize that I have been living in sin. Now, that's true for all of us. Now, I know I've hit some of the big sins, right? Right? The ones that we know, but let's not pretend like we don't have our sin in our life. Let us not pretend that maybe we don't wave our flag of sin, spiritually speaking, and we are proud sometimes of the evil that we do because we do. But the solution is humility. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now that's, that's bad news and good news at the same time. The bad news is God resists the proud. So as long as, as long as we are proud in our sin, God will resist us. But man, isn't it wonderful that once we humble ourselves before God that we can find the grace of God. That he says you've been living in sin all this time but but you come back to me. I forgive you. Man, that's great. That's great that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross. He suffered punishment because he knew we were going to sin in all these ways. And he said, look, when the day comes that you repent of that and you turn from your proud ways and you humble yourself before me, Jesus said, I'm going to go ahead and pay the price. I'm going to take care of your sin and I'm going to forgive you if you would just come before me. Now, that's good news. And maybe some of us today need to humble ourselves before the Lord. Maybe some of us today need to say, okay, I've, I've been a little too proud of my sinful lifestyle, of the things that I have been doing. Well, today is the day that we need to humble ourselves. All of these things that we do, they're evil in our world today. I say all, that's hyperbole. You understand what I'm saying? No, many of the things that we do In our world and our culture are so evil, but yet they are celebrated time and time again. God's word says in Romans chapter 1, verse 32, speaking in the context here of homosexuality, he says, although they know full well God's just sentence that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but even applaud others who practice them. Boy, isn't that true in our world today? Now, speaking of homosexuality there, but really that could expand to any sin. Not only does, do people want to live in sin, knowing full well sometimes that God's Word says this is wrong, not only do they want to live in sin, but they want you to live in sin, and they want to applaud you when you do it. Oh, you are so great. Look at you for living in sin. Looking at you for doing evil. You feel good about yourself. Oh, you are so good. That's what our world says today. That's what our world says when we sin. They applaud us. That's what they say to your children and your grandchildren when your children and grandchildren decide to do some of this crazy junk that they teach them to do. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You've made such an important decision in your life. But God's Word says... These things should not be so. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Isn't that exactly what we see in our world today? You see homosexuality and abortion... Sex changes. And what does the world say of these things? These evil things. They say, this is good. This is good. We're making our world a better place and our country a better place because of all this good stuff that we're doing. And they take the things that are the evilest things that we see in Scripture and they pervert what God calls as good by placing this good tag on things that are evil. But what do they do to what is good? They call it evil. You stand up and you say, don't murder children anymore, and they say that's evil. You stand up and you say, homosexuality is wrong, and they say that's evil. You stand up and you say, if God made you a man, he wants you to be a man, and if he made you a woman, he wants you to be a woman, and they say that's evil. You say, let me tell you about the Word of God. Let me tell you that God loves you. Let me tell you that Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. And they say that's evil. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it sums up our situation pretty good. What our world says is evil, the world, or excuse me, what, what God's Word says is evil, the world called good. And what God's Word says is good, our world calls evil. We're in a bad shape but we're not without hope. We're in a bad shape, but we are not hopeless because we still have Jesus Christ. And that is where our hope comes from. Man, we look at our our country today and our world today, and we think, man, things could not get much worse. Well, I got news for you, they can get much worse, and, and they may very well get a lot worse. They may get extremely difficult. On the flip side, though, we look at things and we think, man, there's no way that things are going to get better. I mean, we have reached the tipping point where it's no way that this situation will get better. Well, I've got good news for you. That's not true either. Things could get worse, but they could also get better. And you say, how? Well, I don't know how. But I know that we just read the book of Esther. And I know it seemed unlikely that a foreign girl in a foreign land would become, would become queen of the land and would be able to spare her whole people. That seemed pretty unlikely, but yet God saved his people in a miraculous way through Esther. And the Bible's full of people that God used in unsuspecting ways. And so it would not shock me in the least if two years from now, this country is in a season of great revival you say that's just a bunch of you that ain't never gonna happen it may happen now i say two years from now i don't think i'm trying to trying to give you a hint that somehow i'm implying in two years we'll get a new president and he'll be better i randomly pick two years i'm not worried about who the president is because it is god who will turn this country around and turn our world around but this only comes when we humble ourselves before the lord so some of you sit out there now and you say, man, I, I, I hope all these sinners in this world will start humbling themselves. Well, hold up. Maybe the humility needs to start right here in Enterprise Baptist Church this morning. Maybe we need to humble ourselves. You see, because it's easy, right? It's easy. We see the really bad sins, and we say, yeah, those are the people causing the problem. Those are the really bad things. And when we do that, we just kind of overlook our sins, right? After all, we're pretty good. I mean, we are in church on Sunday morning. That's pretty great. I mean, nobody amened anything I said today, but hopefully you agree with it. I probably got more internal amens today than I did on that sermon I preached about hypocrisy a couple of weeks ago, right? Because that one hits too close to home. But this right here, if we don't struggle with these things, maybe it doesn't hit so close to home. Or maybe you do struggle with these things. Maybe you do. And if you do, then don't be too afraid to say, I struggle with this. Because look, let me tell you, we all struggle with something, with some sin. And if yours happens to be one of the ones we discuss today, then guess what? There's forgiveness for that. There's forgiveness for our sins. So whatever your struggle is, the solution to our problem is the same. It is that we humble ourselves before God. It is that we stand up for God and we speak up for God. And we don't give in, as easy as it is to give in. There are times that we need to keep our mouth shut and not cause a scene. However, there probably are other times, I believe, that we need to speak up, and that's where it's difficult. But we want to know God's Word and we want to live by God's Word. And we don't want to call evil good, we want to call good good. And good only comes from the Lord. If we are apart from the Lord, we are dejected and we are rejected. But when we come to God and we put our identity in Jesus Christ, we're not searching for some sinful thing. We're not searching to transform ourselves. We're not searching for wealth. We're not searching for any sinful thing. We're not searching for nothing. But God, if our identity is in Jesus Christ, and if your identity is not in Jesus Christ this morning, Well, you can keep searching. You can keep searching the rest of your life, but you're not going to find any joy and any peace. You're not going to find any forgiveness because that only comes through Jesus Christ. I hope today that we hear God's Word, we listen to God's Word, and we don't stand for the evil of the world, but we put our identity in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who gave His life on the cross so that we could be forgiven. That that is where our identity is today. And when we walk out of these doors, that we stand on that. No matter how bad the world gets, no matter how tough things get, let us not cave, let us not give in to the ways of the world, but let us stand strong on our rock, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. We talk talk about heavy stuff, dear Lord. God, I pray that you just would bless the reading of your word today. Dear Lord, these things, they kind of get me worked up, and maybe they get others worked up too. Because, God, we hate to see our country go downhill. We hate to see people we love get caught up in sinful lifestyles. God, we hate to be caught up in sin. And we certainly hate to see our children and grandchildren be taught all this junk and get caught up in it, dear Lord. So let us, let us teach those that we know your word. Let us know your word, dear Lord, and live by your word. God, I pray that all that was said here today would be for your glory. God, I pray that you would be with our nation. I pray that you be with the things that go on now with abortion and homosexuality. And all these things that are that are celebrated in our world, that are everywhere we look. God, I pray that in some way that you begin to work in this country. God, I pray that it would start right here with us. God there are likely some things that we can admit and acknowledge that we need to change in our life. Some things that we need to repent of and humble ourselves, dear Lord. So I pray that, that today that our hearts would humble, be, be humble before you. God, I pray that we could be a light to the world. I pray that you help us to take a stand when we need to, dear Lord. We certainly don't want to riot in the streets, God. I don't know that you call us to that, but God, maybe there are times you call us to take a stand in some way and help us to know when to stand and when to, when to take a back seat, dear Lord. But God, in all that we do, let us be true to your Word. I pray that you'd bless this land, that you'd, that you'd change this land and change this world. God, you can, you can do so many things. You can change hearts. And God, that's the only thing that's going to change our situation. So God, may your Word be spread through this land. May your word be spread through this world so that souls can see that there is something better than what the world has to offer and it can only be found in Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for each one that's here today. I pray that if you've worked in anybody's heart in any way that today they'd just respond to you in the next few minutes. God, maybe there are some here today and they're yours, but they struggle with some of these things we talked about or things we didn't talk about. God, I pray that they would seek you in those in those struggles god maybe there are some this morning that are not yours maybe today they heard your word and they realize that they need to put their faith in jesus christ i pray today that they would do that right now in this moment with their heart that they would acknowledge they're a sinner and that they'd repent of their sins that they'd humble themselves before you and ask that you'd forgive them by the precious blood of jesus christ and god if they've just done that in their heart And dear Lord, they are yours. I pray that they'd come forward today and let that be made known to us so we can baptize them, God. God, we thank you for the freedom to come here. And I pray that you just bless us as we leave this place. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.